Real people, real stories, real f***ing life. The Relentless Project. And now, your host, the man on a mission to ignite your inner fire, Ish Lopez. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired. Iron City Mike. What's up? Finally on a podcast. Yeah. You've been like one of the only people people have actually like recommended to me. Like, oh, you gotta get Mike on. I'm like, all right, let's talk and then then we'll get Mike on. So I'm glad you're here. I appreciate you for jumping on. Um I don't even know where to start, bro. Like from day one, my first class was you. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, yeah. We talked about yeah. that briefly not long ago, but I didn't know that until until and I was late. Yeah, <laughs> I was late. I didn't have a gi. And you're just like, doesn't matter. Boom, and you just kept, yeah, <laughs> yeah, jumped in the circle. And I'm like, what the fuck? Now I've done classes before. I've kind of like jumped in and out, and like some horror stories of jujitsu. You know, everyone sees me. I'm a bigger dude. Yeah, so you know they're coming at you. Yeah, and I'm like, they're like, coming at like, you. You got experience, and I would always say no because I don't. I never had structured right. experience. It was always like I jump in on a class. I used to do like underground fighting back yeah. in Erie, but like it was all striking never really like, and, and wrestling never like jujitsu right yeah Do you have jujitsu experience i'd be like no <laughs> thinking like i'm good right right Dude, and they'd be out to try and kill me and i'm like yeah. fighting for my life I'm like, sometimes i wonder if they're trying to prove that jujitsu is valuable right like it's like your first day you're like they're like kind of like trying it out so i wonder if they're like oh we gotta we gotta show him like this is good right like this is good stuff make him believe that this is worth worth it right so oh, wow like, yeah like that's um that's a way that i that i would look at it you know like you know maybe some people are real jags and like they're just trying to beat you up because you're a big dude but um i do feel pressure sometimes like uh if i'm like showing somebody like like i gotta prove to you that this is this is a value and that this works that makes sense yeah now that i like been doing it for years i'm like always trying to like i feel like i'm like always trying to push it on to people yeah yeah and like now it makes sense because i'm always like oh dude this works this works this yeah works. but I, I never yeah i guess i never thought about that it comes full circle like right. that first day yeah yeah they're probably like so like up until baby. now you're like man these dudes are jags like why are they coming at me like this but now it's like oh well, maybe they were trying to like enlighten me like show me like hey this this is real good stuff because i mean like one of the things that i noticed about jujitsu and i don't necessarily it's definitely uh, something we have down here, but I don't necessarily think it's unique to us. I feel like it's very common amongst all jujitsu. Jujitsu people want you to love jujitsu, right? So like when people come in, you know, like everybody in that class is like, man, I hope this dude signs up today. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's like, oh yeah, more training partners, another person, da da da, and stuff like that. And it's like, all right, well, if you come in on your first day and you like beat us up, you're not gonna think you're gonna be like, oh, this is a yeah, bunch of bullshit. No, dude, that's crazy. You know? Yeah. So that could be a way to look at it. But then also, like, it depends on who you were going with. Like, if you were going with someone ex slightly experienced and that happened, I'd imagine that they felt pressure to prove that this worked. If you're going with someone who maybe was like kind of like a few months in, yeah, like a few months in. Maybe they were like, oh, finally, someone knew. Now I'm not the low man. Now let me, like, let me do my stuff. Yeah, you know? let, me, let me perform. Because now. they were probably like, man, I've been, the, like, waiting for someone new to join, you know, because, like, I've been the low man on the totem pole this whole time. I need, and, like, it's hard to catch up, right, because we're all training together. We're all getting better at fairly even paces. 
So like me and like, you know, if I start two months ahead of you, like I'm two months ahead of you for, for a bit. Right. And like, then like the learning curve, like we'll start to equal out at, at a point in time. But like, man, if I took those first two months and I was just like, I lost everything I did in the gym. Right. Like I was just like, man, I couldn't beat anybody. Now there's a new person. I'm like, Oh, nice. So what do you recommend if you're, uh, hypothetically speaking, three and a half years in and you're still struggling to beat people? Oh, dude. <laughs> no, no, that's how it always is. I'm a uh, jiu-jitsu training. I'm jiu-jitsu specific training. I am now over 13 years into specific jiu-jitsu training. Um, I am now 16 years into MMA. Um, but, like, dude, I struggle. Did you have wrestling before that? Yeah, I wrestled, wrestled. I wrestled my whole life. What got you in a... And wrestling was first, I'm assuming. Yeah. So I always ask this question, especially people who start with wrestling, because wrestling's like America's like, that's it, you know? Oh, yeah. Re wrestling's America's like pastime. It, it's it, America's known for, for wrestlers grappling. Like, what made you go from the leap to like also do jujitsu? So um, I started doing jujitsu for MMA. I went from wrestling to MMA. Um, so I wrestled my whole life, um, youth up through college i wrestled uh one year at waynesburg college now it's waynesburg university and i just wasn't um a very academically strong student in the sense of discipline um so for example like i could pick up information retain information i never studied a day in my life so then when it came to classes that you needed to study for i wasn't going to do well and like what were those classes like if i had gone to class i probably would have done well i've always had a knack for that you know like i've never had to like do homework to get better at something i've always done homework because like oh, well i need these points or they're grading it it goes towards my grade you know and i was the type of kid who i would figure out how much i needed to do to still get my desired grade right like i'm like oh don't need to do this assignment because if i get a zero on it i'm still getting a 92 on the class so i'm good i got my a you know like I don't like hey 4.0 is the 4.0 right like those, I just need that and a. those dudes are usually like insanely smart they just it's just about I'm application not, right yeah and like I don't think I'm like insanely smart but I do think that I I, I you know fairly fairly quick-witted um fairly together when it comes to that and I've never struggled with learning but then I get to college and there's some classes uh for example my history class you did not need to go you didn't need to show up. You needed to show up for two days, midterm and final. He said, it's right off the book. I was like, oh, nice. I'll just read the book, right? So then, like, you know, I read the book or I thought I read the book, like, up till the point of the midterm. Then I get in there and I'm like, whoa, I don't know nothing, right? And then you think well, I would start buckling down before the final. No, dude, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, must have been a mistake. <laughs> like, I'll figure this out. <laughs> did the same thing. I ended up failing that class. And instead of moving on, I was like, man, had to be an accident. I'm retaking it in the spring. I did the same thing. Yeah. I was like that with school too, though. Like, I what well, if it was on the board? Yeah. I could probably remember it. Yeah. Like, I never took notes. Right. Like, yeah. They, you know, in college they printed out powerpoints and stuff, and like, I'd go over it while they go, but like, I never went back and like studied. I'd like, I'd, I'd, I'd like, I was like the party kid, especially freshman. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, let's go there. I'm like, oh, I'm studying. I'm like, for what? Like, right, yeah, you're smart, yeah. dude. For what? Yeah. And like, I, 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 I could never like, I was just never that kid. And I got, I got good grades, you know, A's, B's. Yeah. But I, I can't just study like, and jujitsu is one of those things that you, you have to like, you can't just show up, right. do it, and leave. Like, and, and I struggled my first couple of years because I'm like, I, I have to like, 
Yeah. Do more. I have to do like outside of class. I have to drill this. Yeah. I have to do the reps. I have to There's open, open mental like, reps. Right. Yeah. Just thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Thinking about techniques has done a lot for me. Like just getting these mental reps in. I feel like it really helps like, you know, me nail down what's going on. And like to me, the mental reps aren't difficult because it's something I enjoy thinking about. Right. If I catch myself off in a daydream, I'm probably thinking about wrestling, jujitsu, MMA, like something like that. Right. You know, like if I'm just like kind of pacing around my house and all of a sudden I'm moving in my stance or I'm shadow boxing. Right. Like it's just because. What makes me happy is is these sports. So like, you know, it's like first thing that pops in my head, I start thinking about it, I start moving, I'm getting these mental reps in. And it's not it's not something that I have to go seek out though, luckily for me. Um, it's just something that comes to me because it's like, it's what I'm interested in. It's who you are. Yeah, where I struggle is on the studying portion still, right? So like for me, like continuing my education, um, I'm like watching instructionals, like trying to see little different details of different techniques, maybe different techniques in certain positions where I have a, a, a limited knowledge of and stuff to like broaden my knowledge, especially as a coach, you know, um, as an athlete, I could be very narrow, right? Like I wasn't the guy who had a thousand techniques, right? I was the guy who was really good at specific techniques, right? When I got no position, I did A or B, A or B. If A or B didn't work, we tried again, A or B. A or B, right? Like, and like, that was pretty much it. Um, so pretty standard, but what if you're not my style and I'm coaching you, right? What if you're a different style? Like a, a great example is um, Christian Schaefer. We're completely opposite styles. I would say. But I'm his primary coach, you know? So I have to be able to coach his, like there's things he does that I'm coaching him through that I can't do, <laughs> but I understand what needs to be done in them to a certain extent to be able to assist him. You know, how do you those. put yourself in that in that mindset of because like obviously you and Christian different body styles, mm -hmm. different fighting styles, different yeah. grappling styles. Like, how were you able to transition from Mike to what Christian is now going through and what he's doing? So just because I can't do something doesn't mean that I don't want to be able to do something. So a lot of what Christian does, I would love to be able to do. Like his inversion, his leg entanglements, the way he's able to be kind of like smashed up underneath in a guard and still create the leverage to elevate, um, the way that he's able to maintain strength in, in positions that also require flexibility, right? Like I would love that. That would be really ideal if I could do that. Um, and I could, I just don't have the discipline to change my body to the point where I can do that, right? Like I should do that, but, and I think about doing it, but I'm not gonna do it, right? But I still like like it, so like I understand the mechanics. And honestly, like most of jujitsu or martial arts in general boils down to just like pretty simple mechanics, you know what I mean? Like one of the most simplest things you think of when you think of jujitsu is an arm bar, right? An arm lock, and what are we trying to do in an arm lock? We're trying to break the arm. Okay, where can I break this arm? Where's the weakest point on this arm, right? Because if I put the entire arm under stress, where's it going to break? At wherever its weakest point is. That's the elbow, okay? The joint, well, yeah. Yeah, the joint, okay? So if I'm attacking the elbow, what do I need to break that arm? Well, I need to bend that elbow in the way that it doesn't bend. If I bend your elbow this way, sick, not a problem. So I need to extend your elbow open. I need to bend it in the way that it doesn't go. Now, just like anything, if you were to think that you're going to hold a stick and you're just going to snap that stick in half, what do you need? Well, there's the breaking point. You need a grasp on one side and a grasp on the other side to break it in half. So what do I need with an arm lock? Oh, I must need something below the elbow and something above the elbow 
So that way I can break it in half. Okay, well, your arm's pretty strong, probably stronger than my arms. Maybe I can use my hips and my body to do this. Oh, so now I've isolated a limb. Okay, now I've extended it away from your body, putting it into a weak position. I understand what it takes to break it because I need a grasp here and a grasp here. What if I use my legs here, my hips here, my arms here, right? And then my hips can drive up and break the elbow. Where's the, where's the arm going to break? At the elbow. Why? That's the weakest part, right? If your ulnar radius was like for some reason oddly weak, then it would break there, you know? Like I'm breaking it at its weakest point. So like that translates. Like there goes an example of an arm bar, right? We just went into like a, a, a kind of like a quick depth into it. But like everything works like that. Nothing's different, right? Oh my God, my knee. Huh, same as my elbow. Oh, <laughs> moves my similarly, ankle. Yeah. yeah, like, wow, okay. Oh, well, this joint rotates. It's a ball and socket joint. It rotates. So which direction does it? Rotates in all these directions, except for this one, except for that one, except for this one, right? You figure out which way it doesn't move and you bend it in that way. Now, in order to bend it in that way, what does it take? Certain controls, all right? Am I strong enough to bend it in that way? What muscles can I use to attack it? What body parts can I use to attack it that give me an advantage over you that allows me to move your body in a way that it's not supposed to move to break your body. So you just kind of like figure it out. People who are able to do that as they're rolling, does just seeing that process go? And like, is that what flow, ro like do you think flow, flow grappling, flow rolling, like is that, does that help you with that decision-making, that constant decision-making and problem-solving? Absolutely, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it's for because in live rounds, when, when we're, when we're hitting our sprints, right? Like I'm not problem solving like very much. I'm more likely just like hitting things that I have already done. You know what I mean? My body's going to move in, in ways that it's already moved. It's already accustomed to moving, you know? So I'm probably not like, oh man, I can't like, okay, let's say I'm in top side. I just passed your guard, right? You're going to try to face me to retain. You're going to try to bring that low knee in. All right. I need to block off that low knee. Oh, in order for you to bring that low knee in, you need to turn yourself to face me. You know what would make that real hard? If I made your face look away from me. All right. What tools do I have to do that? Well, I could push your hand, your face away with my hand. Dang, but how do I keep you pinned down? It's hard for me to do that and keep my chest on your chest. Oh, maybe I put my hand under your head and drive it forward with my shoulder, right? I'm probably not going to figure that out in a bang, bang, split play, right? That's something I probably had to figure out prior so that way now I have the tool to use in a live situation. You know what I mean? So when do I figure that out? Flow rolling, you know? We're moving around. We're moving at a quarter of this speed. Maybe we even dictate a winner. We're like, all right, dude, you're playing supine guard. I'm going to be passing. I'm going to work myself through a pass to a dominant position. But you're not just going to lay there like a fish. You're kind of like giving me motions like, okay, if I shoved your leg here, what would you do? Oh, I would cycle my other leg over the top. Okay, well, then I grab the knee and I pull it here, cut here, move here. Okay, you hipped out and stuff. Um, so in order to get a good flow roll, though, it takes two. It takes two people of skill to flow well, right? Like it's, it's difficult to keep that constant movement. Yeah. And, 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 and resistance, the, the right amount of resistance, there's a touch, there's a finesse to it. Right. Um, and then you also both need to have for whatever purpose you're looking for, you both need to have like, um, an understanding over what your reactions would typically be to emotion. You know, that's where you get real good value out of flow rolling. I get my best, absolute best flow rolling in with Warren, which makes sense. Yeah, two people who've he's been the best doing here. this a while. Yeah. yeah, he's the best here, and I'm 
one of I'm in like the category below him. There's a group of us there and I'm in there. So like I'm getting my best flows in with Warren because he has all the correct reactions to things. He's got all this time on the mat. He's got so much finesse, right? Like, you know, if you think about like your strength or your mobility or, or your athleticism as a dial from zero to a hundred, man, where are your clicks at, right? Like at the, a lot of people, their clicks are just like zero, click 50, click a hundred. Like that's it. You got three speeds, right? One's got a hundred speed. He got more. He can go up 0.5%, yeah. 1%, 1.5%. You know, very precise. All these, all these different clicks, which allows us to have uh very good flow rules. And then you get into that like kind of like flow state where like you're doing different pressures, you're up in different intensities, and you never speak. You never speak, which is back and forth. Ah moving 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 and then like ultimately we know like i'm working single leg so ultimately you know i'm gonna finish this single leg but he's hipping in he's going uh shin wizard he's cutting back he's passing the head to the outside and i'm just ch 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 chaining through it it's my it's my favorite type of training flow rolling mm -hmm. i gotta do that more um obviously you i mean you, you've been around a block like you just the way you talk the way you carry yourself just watching you your coaching like how can you walk us through like you what was your what's your experience up to deciding to become a coach because you have guys who do mma do jujitsu they're great and they're just a you know, good training partner whatever and then that's it yeah like you've taken yourself to the, it's almost like another realm of like now you're you're taking on the responsibility of bringing up the next generation of, of fighters of competitors of grapplers what what led you to that decision Man, there's a there's a couple factors that I would say led me into coaching. Um, the first factor was scarcity. Um, you know, Warren was the coach. We were growing as a team, and we needed more coaches. And there was um, a, a gentleman, Lance Thompson. He now owns a gym in Dubois, Pennsylvania, React BJJ. So he started coaching. Uh, he was like a level above me, and you know, he was driving down from Punxsy. You know, so that's a bit of a hike for him driving down every day to Lawrenceville. And so like I was there, I mean, I live around the way. So I started coaching as well, helping out. Right. And just from being like one of the senior students at the time when coaching was needed, you know, and I had also coached uh, wrestling, I was a high school wrestling coach. Um, so I, I had some experience like with just like advising people like in, in these, in these realms, you know, and through coaching, I got better at coaching, you know, like I learned a lot about coaching from Warren. Uh, I coached on, I coached at Gateway High School under a uh, coach, RJ Santilli. I learned so much about coaching from him. Right. And like the, the weird thing about it, or maybe it's not the weird thing. It's through observation and just like, like hidden lessons. And they might not even have been trying to like teach me how to coach better, or whatever but just like you know like watching them do it and like if they would see me like teach something or criticize uh an athlete or bring up like they would like give me like advices on way to handle things and stuff like that and you know just through just like how you get good at jujitsu just through time i feel like i got decent at coaching um i ultimately knew i wanted to coach in the grand scheme of things because i didn't want to have to get a real job so like you know my goal was all right i'm gonna fight so i don't have to work and then at some point in time i'm not gonna be able to fight um by then though i'll be able to coach and hopefully i can coach so i don't have to work you know like so if you love what you do you never work a day in your life they say right that's it yeah 
That's crazy. Um, what what would you say your coaching philosophy is? Like, what is your what is your approach to coaching? What is your like goal when you're? My goal is to coach you to the point where you don't need me. So, what do I mean by that? Right? Like when I teach you a technique, I don't want you to do the technique A B C the way that I said because I said it. I want you to know why it works. Okay. Um, as I've kind of demonstrated a little bit today, like with a little bit of the technique that I we literally taught. pictured you as you were saying, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sense. right. Yeah. I want you to understand why it works. Right. Because if you understand why it works, well then you, do, you don't need me. You know what I mean? So now like you can make the adjustments you need for yourself. If you're like, all right, my ultimate goal here is to not let him turn his face to look at me because that's step one on him retaining a guard as we discussed for like a side control escape. Okay, well, I used an example of using my shoulder, right? Maybe you're gonna use like, your, maybe you're going over top of the head and you're gonna use your lat or, or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe you're gonna circle to the legs to make them point away from you. You know, you're like, okay, ultimately, like they just can't face me. If they can't face me, it's gonna be very difficult for them to achieve their goal of retaining a guard. So what what are the things I can do? So just like understanding the why we're doing it. You like know? the principles, essentially yeah, the principles principle based. Uh... Absolutely. And then I give you my steps one, two, three, and four. Why? Because I've traveled this road. All right. If you and I, we were going to go drive down the Heinz field, right? And you're like, hey, Mike, how do I get there? I'm like, oh, man, you know what? I'm going to run down Penn, cut across 16th, roll through the roll through the north side, right? And then you're like, okay, cool. But then you go and you drive down, you know, across the Fort Duquesne Bridge and drop in, right? Yeah, we both got there. We just took a different road. But the road that I told you was the road that I'm familiar with and the road that I know is efficient. If you find a different road that is a better route for you, well, then that's fine. You know what I mean? Because you know the end goal and you know the things that it requires to accomplish the end goal. The path you take is irrelevant to me, but I'm going to show you a path because I know an efficient way. So why wouldn't I show you that efficient way? You know what I'm, I'm going to show you a way, yeah. not the way. Yeah, it's a way, not the way. And maybe I believe the way, a way that I'm showing you potentially is the best way. It's I, I, That's why I'm showing it to you because I believe currently this is the best way. You know what I mean? If I learn a new way and I'm like, Yo, you know what? They built a new they built a new bridge to go across. It cuts right across diagonally. We're taking that one. You know, like, shh, all right, I'm switching it. That's the way I teach it now. You know, I'm just teaching. I'm teaching the best techniques that I know to accomplish is the goals that we need to accomplish. But what I need you to understand is why these techniques work. You know, what do they accomplish? The little things that they accomplish, you know? I also think it helps you remember, right? Like if you're like, oh, where do I put my foot? Where do I put my arm? Where do I put my elbow? Where do I put my knee? All right, well, I, they can't turn into me. Oh, here goes a bunch of stuff to put in their way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and if you showed them that, yeah, they create that pathway, like you said, in flow rolling, like they, they've they've done that before so they can go kind of like that's like their safe haven their safe yeah. spot of like oh my shield is going to be you know my knee and my, my yeah elbow knee and elbow now. yeah 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 like and then i'll figure out something else when i can right so it yeah. kind of gives them that when i teach combatives from my department and one thing our, our uh home position we call it is the body lock like getting to the body lock yeah. if someone crashes on you you want to you know, create the shield, crash in, and get to the body lock. And then yeah. from there, you can decide to take them down. You can decide to wrap them up. You can decide to disengage. Like, But getting to that home position is something familiar. We're going to yeah. teach you how to get there. 
we're going to teach you a way to get there, an efficient way. Yeah, yeah. And if you figure out, you know, if you take two punches and then you're able to swim under, get the underhook, and then get to the body law, you got to the same destination. Yep, yep. So uh, it, it's crazy when... I've gone to, I've gone, I've been coached by many people in many different realms. And when you see coaches that you look up to who you're like, man, I want to learn more from these people, they embody kind of like this stuff, like your approach. Yeah. And it's, and it's wild because it's like people like you and let's say someone like Bernardo, who I had uh, last year, you two have never crossed paths with each other probably. Nah, uh -uh. but your coaching philosophies are very similar. That, like, where does that come from? It must work. If 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 this is if this dude's saying what this dude is saying, and their approach is very similar, yeah, and they're not under the same people, no, yeah. it's probably working. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it, it's crazy when it all comes together. Tell us about your MMA career. You're kind of like a heavy hitter. Everyone, I don't think you have an enemy. Oh, you probably have enemies, but I don't think you have. Every, when every time I hear your name, it's like. And it can be any gym. Like, oh, dude, Mike Wilkins, solid, dude, solid, dude. And I'm like, who the fuck is? And that was when I was first. I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? I mean, yeah. I know he's a, I know he's a, a trainer at the gym, a coach, right? But like, who is this? I, I had, I had a good run back in my day, um, and I think I did it with uh, a lot of character. And I think that's why people, uh, you know, tend to, tend to maybe not think negatively of me. You know, I feel like when I was making my run, um, not only was you know, stout PGH behind me, but I felt like the whole city was behind me. You know, everybody, everybody was cheering me on. Um, I never had any like disputes with anybody um, in the local scene. You know, I've never had any disputes with anybody. Period. Actually, um, and it's just I think it's I'm ready to have disputes. I'm ready. Oh, I know. But I think We're going to talk a, about your uh, recent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I, if you heard. Yeah, <laughs> Lucas is. I heard. Yeah, but I, I just like I try to carry myself in a way, you know, that I'll be proud of after the fact, a uh, way that like my family and my friends and my my students will be proud of the way that I carry myself. So I just always kind of like think of it like that, and it's you know it's done well for me. Um, I'm also I'm also um, very willing to help, you know. Um, for example, uh, you had Dempsey on, and um, you know we're we're technically on different teams, although we do train together quite frequently, technically on different teams. And I have coached Dempsey at countless tournaments, right? Like, like cornered, cornered yeah. him at countless jujitsu tournaments. Um, you know, like we just happen to be like, you know, the two, like maybe like senior guys from Pittsburgh there. So like, you know, like I'm cornering, you know, um, I cornered him in the, what was it? 2019 or 2017 ADCC East coast trials. Um, and he had a big win over the over the one seed uh, there, and I was cornering him for that, and like like things like that. Like I enjoy that because it it gives me credentials too, right? Like it's like all right, Dempsey had this big win at East Coast Trials over the number one seed, and it's like oh, and I played a role in it. Like I was in his corner, um, so like you know I I, I enjoy that. Um, you know I enjoy my friends having success, and you know I enjoy being able to add to it. Like I would love to see, I love to see people win, but I love it more when I got to help because it feels like a little bit of my win too. You know what I mean? So I think since I'm so willing to help, um, you know, that I, I've done good deeds towards others. So I think that's also why I'm viewed in a positive light. 
What was one of your biggest challenges breaking into that that fight scene? Um, I didn't. Because you can be good, you can be great. So, but like, how do you penetrate that that scene? I don't know. Um, what was far, your story? How'd you get into? So I, I left school. Like I was wrestling at Waynesburg, um, and I left school. I was on academic probation. Uh, I did some classes at CCAC in the summer to get off of academic probation. And during the summer, I decided I'm not going back. You know, so I just uh, decided to stay at, at at CCAC, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna fight. You know, and I scheduled a fight. You know, so I fought uh, December of 2007, and I fought uh, this kid Danny Jones. Um, we were each other's first fight, and like I had been training just briefly, like just basically banking off of my wrestling credentials, and I and I was able to win that fight. And to me, that let me know that like I could do this. You know what I mean? Um, another like tangent off that story. Uh, Danny now trains here at Style PGH. Uh, he's from Youngstown, Ohio. Oh, small world. Yeah, trains here at Stout PGH. Um, I recently promoted him the purple belt at the the July belt promotions. Um, and he's my brother-in-law. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Danny, uh, after we fought, uh, I went to go scout somebody at another fight that I was supposed to fight the winner of. And while we were there, Danny fought and he won by a seven-second knockout. And, like, one of the things that I believe – um is a good outlook to have for a fighter is after you fight somebody you want good for them there's no reason to want bad for that person after you fought them all right so in this case all right so i fought danny and i won well if he goes and he loses his next couple fights looks like i beat somebody who's not very good at fighting if he goes and wins his next couple fights now all of a sudden it looks like my win had value i beat somebody who's beaten other people so i beat a good opponent right um now, if you lose, and then that person goes on and loses a bunch of fights, now you lost to somebody who's not good. So, like, if you lose, you're really like, come on, dude, you need to be, like, crushing people, right? Yeah, so that way, look good, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, yo, he's 6-1, and one, but his only loss is to George St. Pierre. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, well, that doesn't sound bad, you know? Um, so I've always rooted for my opponents post-fight. Post uh, so I was there rooting for him, and uh, that was cool. And then... Uh, some fights in February, we were both at uh, supporting teammates. So we talked to each other, became friends. And then we both fought again on the same card in April. And um, I was speaking to him afterwards, and his sister was there. I was very respectful, didn't make eye contact, nothing. I wouldn't break away and even glance over. But it's 2008, April 2008. I got home, and I had a MySpace friend request from her. MySpace, yeah. damn. And I was like, up. Oh. I was like, well, game on. Yeah. So... Hey, the world works in funny ways, yeah. I always say. Um, it's cool how that comes. Like One thing I love about, especially the fight scene, and I, I, I'd probably hit this a lot, especially on this podcast, but the fight scene in Pittsburgh is like, it's getting crazy. It's yeah. getting insane. But, like, everyone fights each other. Yeah. And then everyone trains with each other. And yeah. then helps each other. Yeah. And, like, there was a point in time, I didn't know what, what gym – like people were out people of. were out of yeah that's common you like, know like seber for here Jones, that's common for um, here because you see them you're like oh i see you i see you down stout every saturday like oh i see you at math factory every sunday it's like yeah you're like what what team are you on what you, you know yeah. what i mean and it's like oh like and, and everybody has their like team 
you know but um we're very um uh we're close with the mat factory we're very close with the mat factory um isaac you know one of the greatest dudes that you are they're like you dogs down there man they're they just are like i love it i hear like they so they have a, every friday i believe it's every friday or every other friday now they put oh, the together, like, 8 a.m LEO? leo stuff yeah i see I'm that i'm like dude that that's yeah. huge uh-huh and they go over there and like at first it's a select few it, it's cops who already train right that go right and you're trying to get people in there and people are like you know people think cops are like yeah tall but it's like bro they put on their pants like everyone else and like yeah. trying to get these cops to train it's like pulling teeth yeah. i'm like you 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 you've taken a job that you may not go home from yeah like and, and it can be something as simple as you doing something bad or wrong because you aren't trained or someone doing something to you because you aren't trained recent video a cop is literally getting like schoolyard choked over his car and he doesn't train or doesn't didn't appear to train right pulls his gun out shoots the dude kills him yeah bro there's a thousand and one things and i haven't been training long maybe three years yeah but like a thousand and one things that you could do in that situation that now spares you from taking someone's life yeah and spares this dude his life yeah like is it justified by the eyes of the law sure right but in, in policing we call it lawful but awful like right. it could uh-huh. have been avoided yeah like that that didn't need to happen yeah so like them implementing that stout has anti-fragile yeah like, jiu-jitsu has taken it upon themselves to like recruit training yeah. to civilians to law enforcement to the help adopt a cop program the adopt a cop one of the best programs yeah. man like that's how i got that's how i got started yeah that's how i actually got started here yeah. and then I, I i graduated the program and i was just like nah i need more like right yeah. let's like that's it but nah i need more and i just it's it's something i've adopted yeah <laughs> jiu-jitsu became like a part of me and you know what's crazy a 230 pound dude doing jiu-jitsu right yeah and then i come here and i see dude's bigger than me and i'm like Shit. uh-huh thought uh-huh. i was on to something yeah but what's your what's your stance like how does how has uh have you been a part of it like have you kind of trained with cops and stuff yeah because i know logan I, lo- I love when i'm like training with logan he'll show a technique and then he'll come to me and be like hey like something you should do probably don't do it this way because of your belt and stuff. And he'll like give another perspective in the middle of like a drill class or yeah. something for me and i'm like oh shit yeah cool i didn't even think about stuff like that yeah i mean i, I so i do some private lessons with some um some cops up in zealy and uh i basically i mean like i i i worry that like, like i don't want to claim to be an expert in these fields right because there's so much on the line like i'm not an expert I'm not an expert in them. No, you're but showing what I, application. What I do know, though, is like I am an expert in grappling, you know? So I just teach them regular jujitsu. And if like we maybe we're talking about like, you know, like certain variables, like maybe especially like uh, I'll speak of speak to strikes, which I have also expertise in being a professional MMA fighter. So I, I just teach everything I know the best that I know it. Uh, and hopefully it's helpful. And, um, there's been times where it has been helpful. Um, one of my students who I do private lessons with, I do, I have a, 
three three officers that I do private lessons with up in Zeely. And um, one of them recently used like my cement mixer technique, like in the field, you know, and stuff like that. And like, so he was like, man, he's like this stuff, like I'm telling you because it controls this, it controls the the head and the arm at the same time, bro, like, and all this stuff like that. And he, he actually had to use it, you know? So like That's that cool. kind of gives me some like, um, it makes me feel good. You know, that, that something I did was helpful. Um, but like I'm just I'm just teaching you sports. I'm just teaching you sports, um, and it's gonna carry over because you know uh, sports imitate life. You know, so when you're out in life, it's gonna carry over. Like, you know that people oftentimes want to talk about like oh like self defense versus sport jujitsu. My sport jujitsu, I'll tear you up. And 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 that and that's a very thin line, right? Because like yeah. sport jujitsu in the in the realm of what? Yeah. Self defense in the realm of what? Yeah. Because if, for example, what happened at 247. Right. Like, I jumped in it not, not to, like, I was like, dude, if, like, Mike's busy, if Mike gets busy with someone in this fucking crowd because he has to, like, yeah, that, that's going to be a bad day. That's yeah. what I was trying to avoid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I ain't protecting nobody other than yeah people who don't know they need it. Yeah, right. But, like, sport jiu-jitsu... The deeper you get into sports jiu-jitsu, the better your problem solving becomes. Yeah. The better you are under stress, the better you perform under stress. The, like so many factors come that translate to self-defense. Right. And we get these people who, and, and, and I can speak on this because I, I do both. I do knife work. I, I've gone to Craig Douglas's ship works classes multiple times. I do, you know, there's this other company called Guard Solutions. Like all these dudes who specify in like, combatives defensive tactics and it's funny because all of them are black belts in jiu-jitsu yeah everyone training combatives or, or teaching these com are black belts in jiu-jitsu yeah and you have the guys under these people who, who are taking their classes who don't train jiu-jitsu smack in sport jiu-jitsu yeah. you're like it's like bro everyone you're training under we we did this. Has, has mastered jiu-jitsu they're mastering yeah. jiu-jitsu and now they're applying it yeah because of their sport, they don't have a black belt in in, in combatives jujitsu. Right. They have, a, they have a black belt in jujitsu. Yeah. yeah, like you want know, to talk about my sport jujitsu? Like, oh, that won't work in the street. Bet. Try. <laughs> Bet. I'll do all my sport moves on you in the street. I'll it's gonna it. hurt more. Like, there's no yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of my favorites, like, oh, I'd bite you. I mean, I'm gonna control every single one of your limbs. I'll bite you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, all right. Dude. Bite you back. <laughs> I'm actually, I actually practice controlling another human every day. Every day. I practice it against other people of my same skill level who also practice this every day. What, you think you're going to see red and get off on me? Like, you've got no shot. Oh, that's my favorite. You've got no shot. You've, you've got absolutely no shot. You will black out because I put you out. Like, that's all there is to and it. And that's if I'm being nice. Yeah. If I want to be nice... I will put you to sleep. Right. If I if don't, I, I'm going to break your arm. Yeah, I'm going to break uh, your you arm. You can't bite me if you're missing teeth. Yeah. And like, I'm speaking on my past life, so if anyone listened to I don't partake in this anymore. When I would get in fights in the street, elbows were my like yeah. bread and butter. Because if I missed an elbow and hit the ground, like I'd, it would hurt, but I, like, yeah. I still have my hands. Yeah. Dude, I, you can do something. You want to bite me? I'm going to fucking I just don't understand you. what they think biting is going to do. Like, what do you think it's, it's going to do? It's going to piss me off. Right? Like, I mean, like, even if you bite a chunk of me off, right, did it make me pass out? 
did it did it put me unconscious no dude i'm still here right like if that's your toll if your toll is to bite me how you getting your mouth close to me right like and if you do i'm probably breaking your jaw with with whatever you're biting right oh you're biting my forearm right through your jaw like no problem yeah don't open your mouth when you're getting yeah, choked that's no bad. problem no i will separate it's your a mindset no i think it's a mindset thing because jujitsu creates a mindset of like relentlessness <laughs> had to do the plug. There you perseverance go. like you, you get you get mind tough right like jujitsu builds that you you are constantly trying to control another human mm -hmm. constantly yeah like it's not it's not like other sports where you know go okay break yeah okay go break it's like no you're going until one of you loses yeah then once one of you lose you get a break right and then you go do it again yeah. Or it's a super fight and, that, and that's it. But like, yeah. you go until you lose. Yeah. That's it. Like yeah. nonstop until you lose. There's no breaks. There's no time to formulate a game. Hold on. Let me go talk to my corner. Hey, Mike, this dude just, uh, he yeah. got me in a triangle. Yeah. What should I do right now? All right. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Put me back in a triangle. Like, right. You get, yeah. So you build this resilient mindset, which then goes into the street. Like if you have that resilient mindset in the street and you're, you're defending yourself, you have a better possibility of just someone who's like, Dude, I'll black out if you fight. If you're trying to fight me, I'll see red. Yeah. Dude, that's the worst. Like, yeah. Growing up, when I would fight like that, it never ended well. Yeah. It never ended well. I'll be honest. I've, I've taken many licks, but it never ended well. Once I learned how to fight, I stopped fighting because I knew, like, yeah, yeah there's not, what am I going to gain? I, right. I, I trash this dude and then I get in trouble or I get trashed because I underestimated some dude like a dumbass. Like, there's nothing to gain from that. Yeah. You know, so that's sport jujitsu versus like, I think if you have a solid jujitsu, you're more likely to survive an encounter in the street. Yeah. And survive being like injuries and stuff like that, not just like death. Because right. although a lot of that stuff can, you know, can result in death, but like, do you want to hurt yourself and get a hospital bill or, or, you know, it's like, I think if you have a solid jujitsu foundation, you're more than likely, this is not a plug to start jujitsu at the style PGH. But it is. Um, everyone who's every cop who started we, our our department has like eight nine people. A couple of them are zilly, so you oh, probably nice. run into them. But uh, yeah, every one of them like those are the dudes I'd go to war with. I'd go yeah. to battle with them because I know like their capabilities. I know they're about that life, and and I know not even like on the toughness part, but like I know they'll be able to control a situation. Like they're not gonna go, they're not gonna be overbearing. They're not gonna go overboard. They're not gonna hurt someone that doesn't need hurt. Like they're gonna be able to control and maintain control of a situation. Yeah. Because of the training that we do at Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, I mean, I think anything you practice relentlessly, uh, <laughs> anything that you practice, like, you know, consistently, you're going to get better at it, right? Like if we were like, dude, every day me and you were gonna meet down here at 8.30 a.m. and we're gonna play old school lunchroom paper football. Dude, in like three months, we're gonna be pretty good, right? We're gonna like be like, oh, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, pretty all right if, I'm, if I do say so. Already, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, boom. So like, it's like, okay, like, I think everybody can agree with it. If we just like went to the bar and threw darts every night, like after a while, we're gonna be all right, you know? Um, we do this every day. Every day we're in here doing this. We're going to be good, you know? Now, where we might not feel like we're good is because we're comparing ourselves to other people who are doing it every day, you know? But if, imagine this. 
All right, so you you made like a little bit of a joke earlier about like, oh, like what about after three and a half years if you're still not good type thing, right? Dude, imagine you versus yourself the day you walked in. How bad would you beat yourself? It would be. I'd fucking destroy It'd be a myself. nightmare, right? So imagine instead of you comparing yourself to like your training partner, Nick, right? Who you both have been training and you're training every day and it's, man... It's like, man, I still have trouble passing his guard. Man, he's still able to hold me down in a side control. Like, da da da. You're both getting better every day. Imagine instead of judging yourself against Nick, you judged yourself against that you who walked in that first day. And you're like, dude, I could finish that dude in 30 seconds. Now it's been three years. I can finish that dude in 12 seconds. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, because oftentimes like, we do find ourselves in everything. That dude makes more money than me. Yeah. How much money were you making 10 years ago, though? Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm so making no, a lot more money okay. than then, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing better. Right, like that yeah. That dude, that dude, his jiu-jitsu is insane. Yeah. Like you said, I was your jiu-jitsu three years ago. Right, yeah. I didn't even, like, I wasn't, other than the gym, I love the gym, I wasn't training anything. The jiu-jitsu started my deciding to, like, man, dude, like, what if a fucking knife gets introduced? Yeah. So I started doing knife work. Yeah. I started doing gun, like, gun work. Like, I started, yeah. and... I was, and I'll admit it, I was like that guy who would go to the range once a month because I had to. Now it's like weekly. I'm yeah. Range, I'm like, I, if I'm going to train jujitsu this hard, right. I need to train everything in my life that matters just as hard. Yeah. Like, you know, from, from real estate. I, don't just, I can't just show up and, and buy and sell houses. I need right. to like further my education. I need to like dig into this, dive deep with the podcast stuff. Like I can't just show up and talk to people. I forgot who it was. Um. I think it was Britt who I sent the first talking points to. Oh, uh, okay. And I'm like, wow, that's like, was it Britt? No, it was Dempsey. It was okay. Dempsey. I was like, I sent them talking points. I'm like, hey, just like, just so you have an idea. Like, I don't like to catch people. Like, this, this whole podcast is about inspiring other people, helping right. other people, you know. Yeah. A little entertainment factors. I talk a lot of shit. But, um, like, it's not meant to, like, put people on blast or, like, these other podcasts where it's just, like, about drama and shit like that. It's yeah. Like, you know, if we talk about stuff and people can pull lessons from it, awesome. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I sent them talking points, and that's something I was looking into. And when we met up to, to film, he's like, bro, I've been on a few of them. No one's ever sent me, like, talking yeah. points. No, I've been on. I'm like, oh, dude. I've been man. on my fair share. I've never never had talking points. Yeah, and it's I like, might, like, talk beforehand about, like, hey, we're not going to talk about this. We're yeah. not going to talk about, like, you know, like, lay some ground rules, like, on some things that I don't want brought up. But, like, And that's fair, like, like, especially with me, like, I don't want – None of my personal life, yeah. Not like my profession. Like people yeah. know what I do, but they don't know where to the extent right, or anything. Yeah. Like I don't yeah. need that out. Like so, like that's why I, I was like, well, and, and the talking parts aren't like this is what we're going to talk about. Nothing. It's like, hey, this is what I'm going to be bringing. This up. is what I'm hoping to yeah. get to. Hoping yeah. to get to. Like this if is we the get spirit to, of yeah, this. Yeah. the spirit of the conversation. So, you know, and back to that jujitsu made me like really dive deep in everything I do. Right. So like people launch podcasts and you know, one, you know, what makes you, you know, what puts you at the one percent, the top 1% of podcasts, what 20 episodes. Oh really? Okay. 20 episodes. 99% of podcasts fail after 20 under because they don't have or yeah, before under 20, 20 episodes. Yeah. Okay. So if you launch a podcast yeah, and you have active listeners after 20 episodes, you're in right. the top 1% of podcasts. Oh, nice. Okay. Like, that's that's wild. It don't even make sense. Because think about the amount of podcasts you listen to who, that are out. Yeah. I, I, I've heard similar stats about just, like, business in general. Like, you know, like, 99% fail within the first five years, right? Like, type of thing. So, like, I've, I've heard it. Like, it makes sense that 
And it's the, the, the relentlessness. Like, if you continue, I'm going to just keep, that's why it's called the Relentless <laughs> Project. We're the same by mistake. But if you continue something, for yeah. example, jujitsu, how many people, and the perfect example, because you see this, how many people come through the doors and then you never see them again after X amount of time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what is the turnaround in jujitsu under a blue belt? Oh, I mean, it's got to be like a lot. A lot. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm sure you heard of the blue belt fever yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, the blue, it, yeah. It's I mean, like, I'm, oh, you get your blue belt. Like, all right, good to quit now. Yeah. And, I, and I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I got my blue belt. I was coming three, four days a week. I got yeah. my blue belt and automatically life happened. And I could only come one or two times a yeah. week. And I'm like, I catch myself like, what am I doing? And then I miss all last week and I get that damn email, email. from Stout. <laughs> we missed you last week. And I'm like, Dude, oh. people get pissed at that email. They get pissed. I'm like, I was there. Well, then you didn't turn your card in. Yeah. Right? You, so you think, did something you wrong. You think I'm on the computer typing this out, bro? Right? There's a, this is a system. Uh, automated. You know? Yeah, dude, dude. This email is going out to you to make sure, like, you're still good. Accountable. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I, so I see that email, and it's that reality check of, I really did miss last week. Yeah. And I look back at my calendar. I'm like, why didn't I go this time? Yeah. Why didn't I go this time? Oh, I was feeling a little sick. Oh, oh fucking boo-hoo to you, man. Yeah. Like, dude, I remember I came in. I, I was so upset at myself. I had fractured my heel uh, skydiving. Jeez. Yeah, shout out to Mike Fisher for making me do that. But um, as a buddy of mine just made me get into skydiving. And I, yeah, good times. And I'm like, it's wild. Doctor's like, oh man, no, like, there's nothing we can do. You just have to keep pressure off. And I'm like, all right, cool. Like, so I can walk on it. It was like, well, I'll try to stay off. And I'm like. Jiu-jitsu, I'm on my back. Yeah, you're all right. I'll be all right. I'll be all yeah. right. I'll put a little sleeve on it. I'll tell my partner, like, hey, watch out. Hey, yeah. don't hit that ankle. Yeah. Anything else is fair game. Yeah. And I started coming and I'm like, I can come. And I was like, I'm like I can come through that, but I can't come because, like, other excuses. <laughs> it's, it's excuses, man. Yeah. Damn, this is so good. Where'd you get the general nickname from? Oh, this is a good one. Um, so, uh, do you, do you know Vince, Vince Mang? Yes. All right. So Vince is one of, of our brown belts. Of. I know okay. Him. Oh, okay. I like yeah. see him and stuff like that. So he runs our Monroeville school. Um, one of my best friends. Uh, so Vince, m myself, Vince and my brother, AJ, uh, we went to Philadelphia to do a jujitsu tournament. Right. And this was in the heat of my MMA career. So I wasn't taking jujitsu very seriously. Right. So. We go out to Philadelphia, we weigh in for the tournament, and we're going to coach two, two, um, two youth students in the morning there. Uh, one of our friends, uh, Dave, his daughters, uh, he took them out there to do the tournament. Um, and so we're going to coach them in the morning, no big deal. we got to be there at like 10 a.m., but we're not going to compete till the afternoon or whatever. So we go out to dinner, and me and AJ start drinking, right? And Vince is like, oh. What, what are you doing? We're competing tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, dude, in jujitsu. So I get hammered, right? Like, like I'm like borderline blackout. We wake up the next morning. We go coach uh, these, these girls. They both win first place. So great job on, on them. Uh, and then we're laying around all day, hungover, right? We're all, we all end up getting sick. Like um, Vince and AJ get bronchitis. Like we don't know at the time, we uh, just think just, we just think we're hungover. But Vince and AJ get bronchitis, and I do too. But mine turns into pneumonia. <laughs> so we compete at this tournament, and AJ and Vince are going first, and it's not going well. Right, we're getting kind of beat. All right, and then it was my turn. My bracket started, and I just like 
brought the dog out, you know, and like (laughs) I did my thing. Right. And so like, I'm out there like, I'm not feeling good, but I just like snap, boom. And I'm just in my zone and I'm winning my matches or whatever. And Vince was like, yeah, man. He was like, man, we were sucking. And and then he was like, and then Mike came out and slapped the chi on his, the the seal on his chest. He's like, he's the general. (laughs) He was like, he wasn't letting us go down like that. And like, right then it turned us all around. And then they just started winning and stuff like like it like it was like a whole morale boost so he just started calling me the general and uh it started this to stick with the the fight team um and on the fight team at this point in time i was kind of like a player coach where like i cornered the amateurs and i gave advice but i wasn't the coach uh will uh will moral who's still the coach he's is, is the like, the muay thai guy right? yeah yeah okay. tall handsome yeah. muay thai guy oh, yeah I, so I've he's seen. hard to miss yeah, so he's uh he's the, the striking coach for the striking team, coach, but he's okay. also blue belt in jujitsu, so he's like you know he's rounded. And then Warren was coach was coaching uh, the team at this point in time, you know, um, because I needed coaching. I was the athlete, um, but I would kind of like pick up the slack for the amateurs. Like I would corner everybody who you know who was on the team. Basically, everybody uh, I, I have like a, a little bit of a gift for cor- like like under pressure advice. Like I'm pretty quick with um, decent advice, uh, clear and concise uh, instruction, simple, easy to follow. Um, so I would corner people, so I had this like player coach thing. And in practices, while I was fighting, I was not very kind, you know? Like things needed to operate in a certain manner, at a certain pace, at all times. And everything was gonna go my way or it wasn't gonna go, right? So if we were with the fight team lifting, we got our folders with our lifting sheets. I got my folder, it's set up on this box with my pen there. All my weights for all my sets are set up. I've got all my ancillary exercises, like all my bands ready and stuff like that. If you got into my zone, if you took, borrowed my pen, I went over to your folder, slapped it off of wherever it was, your papers fly everywhere, figure it out. You know, like, and like, I just kind of like ran it like real hardcore like that, even though I wasn't running it. And then like in practice, like we'd warm up a very specific way. We'd cool down a very specific way and everybody did it this way, you know, or else I would like raise my voice and things like that. And so like, they just started calling me the general off events and then just kind of carried on. And, um, I grew to really, I, 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 uh, I really like it. You know, it makes me feel good. Um, when people post the little salute emoji, like when they like tag me and something, like it makes me feel really good. You know? oh, yeah, the general man, like think. So think about the military. Like I, I went through boot camp, and I I knew it all. I was the toughest dude. I was the shit. Nobody's gonna tell me anything. Ain't no fucking dude in a funny hat gonna tell me. Yeah. And then you get there, right? And your whole life is revalued. Why did I? I signed up at seventeen, bro. Oh jeez. My mom didn't speak English, so yeah. I told my mom she needed to uh, sign these papers for me to speak to a recruiter. She didn't know what she was signing, which is probably illegal now, but yeah. Uh, um, so you know, I, I, I get enlisted and I go and you get beat down. Yeah. The first three days you don't sleep. You, you get told when to, when to, when to do something, how to do it, how long to do it. Like you don't get to fail. You're tired. You can't be tired right now. Like everything is, is structured. Everything is, and it was lessons like that. For example, there was this dude who would always sneak smokes. He's like, you want to, you want to, you want to smoke? And the one DI caught him. He made him carry this log everywhere he went. He's like, I don't care if you're taking a shit. I don't care if you're sleeping. If I see you without this log, you're getting smoked. Dang. Which means like, yeah, yeah, yeah. punished. So 
and, and at there in that time, you're like, this is the fucking stupidest thing. Like, why do I have to carry this log around? Yeah. This is so dumb. Yeah. Like, what is this teaching me? Nothing. This is dumb. Dude quit smoking by the end of boot camp. <laughs> because, awesome. and, and later you realize, like, especially like all these lessons you go through, you're like, man, it may have looked dumb or sounded dumb or whatever, but like me smoke, sneaking out to smoke, one, I was defying orders. Yeah. I was doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing. And the consequence of that is heavy, right? Yeah. Like if you do something like that out in battle or out in war or in, out of country, in country, like you are sacrificing something you're supposed to be doing, a position you're supposed to be in to smoke. Yeah. That log sat, like basically like symbolized the weight yeah. of that decision. So where everyone's walking a chow, he's walking with his damn log. While you're taking a shit, it's so funny because we didn't have like stalls. It was like toilet. Yeah, toilet yeah. Toilet. And like you see this dude, he's like talking his little pee, Peter Ray. He's got this <laughs> log taken. You're like, man, mm. dude, you're really doing that. That's like, rough. Oh, and people be like, yo, put it down, put it down. Like, no, Di's not here, and he's like, no, nah, dude, like, because if I get if I get caught, like, because he did something sneaky already and got caught. Yeah. So in his mind, he's like, no, nah, dude, like this is what I this is what I got to do. Like I can't put it down. Yeah. Because I I already tried to game the system and. Right. This is this is like what happens after this. You know? Yeah. What's next? <laughs> so that yeah. So that the that those lessons of hey, this is Mike's shit. Don't touch it. Yeah. It's easy, right? Yeah. People see a pen, they grab it. Now your whole fucking folder's on the ground. Yeah. Figure it out. You still have a workout to do. Right. My workout that I gave you. Yeah. In the order I gave it to you. Yep. Yeah. That also became like more of like it started to become like like a joke thing like someone like if someone was new they'd be like oh go grab that and then they would and then i would just launch all their stuff they'd be like oh my god yeah so like the other guys would try to get other people to like do it to dude, you're get running in trouble. A, you're running a boot camp yeah because we <laughs> oh dude we had a kid the, during childhood di's would take their hat off and put it down di got up and we told the kids like hey man dude he forgot his hat like you want to get getting his good graces go give him his hat like that's, that's a disrespectful thing to do Dude, you never touched their fucking hats. Oh, man. Kid fucking runs up. Gets his attention. Dude turns around, and you just see his fucking face turn. The DI, like, smoke coming out. This kid's holding the DI's hat in attention. I'm like, oh, he's fucked, dude. Oh, I mean, man. joke's on us because we all yeah, that got day. It like, that, we yeah. all got it. But but that's the shit they're doing. The it's like, hey, go, go. Mike, yep. Mike forgot his pen. Go yeah. Get him his pen. He needs it to write. Yeah. Boom. I love it. Yeah, fun stuff. How'd you get to stout? Oh, so uh started fighting in 2007. I was training at a gym uh locally, uh Mad Dog Gym. Uh met one of my main training partners, Luke Burdett. He's a black belt here. Um and we kind of package dealed our way through our career. Um so was training there after like a year or so, kind of like outgrew it for, for for uh, kind of outgrew it so we started bouncing around the wrestling rooms um a group of like all the fighters in pittsburgh at the time there was not really like a fight gym there was um mad dog and then there was uh pittsburgh fight club that was the iteration at the time um which was it's went through so many different iterations it was pittsburgh fight club then it flooded came back with new um like a new team and then it was fight club pittsburgh and then it was uh, Greg Rudolph owned it for a bit, and I can't remember what 
it was called then, and then Mark Cherico owned it, and it was Cherico Martial Arts, and now Kama owns it, and it's the Academy. Ah, so like heard of that's, the Academy. That's the like, I believe that's the lineage of that. Um, so there was them, but they were all the way out in Robinson. Mad Dog was in East Pittsburgh. Um, and I, I lived in Braddock Hills and, uh, my mom lived in Pitcairn. So it was like in between, um, I didn't have a car so I could run to practice, uh, and stuff like that. Wow, um, man. but then after that kind of outgrew it and it seemed like all the local Pittsburgh fighters, a large portion of us were also high school wrestling coaches. So we would then just like use the wrestling rooms and we would just train each other. We didn't have like a coach, you know? And then, um, as that was going on. Uh, I was looking to open a gym just for a space for us to train because it was getting hard to use the wrestling rooms, right? Like, you know, it's school property and stuff like that. So we needed a space to train. And I was looking at buying a building in Lawrenceville. Um, it was on Butler Street, the 5400 block. And it had a storefront and two apartments on top of it. This is 2010. So that's actually 2000, 2009 and the 2010. So Lawrenceville is just now turning around. You know, it's going from being like terrible to having like the whole like, like you know, all the hipster renovations. Movement. Yeah, it's yeah. Like that hipster movement. And uh, I was a large part of that. Um, so m my dad owns an electrical business, A. Wilkins Electric. So naturally, I worked for the for the family business, and we basically rewired all that stuff when it got turned around. That was a, we were we were the electricians on those jobs. You know, so I got to know like the, the, the companies, Wiley Holdings was like one of the major players down there, turn like oh, buying all these places up, turning them around and stuff. And this all coincided when the children's hospital was being built. And like, that's what kind of like made that boom happen. And it didn't really make it down to the 5,400 block. So there was still some like bad, like not great buildings like that weren't refurbished and i was going to buy this one the storefront i was just going to put down some mats we we're going to have a little gym all my boys were going to throw some money in to help me cover on it right and we were just going to carry on just like training with each other and coaching each other right like we didn't have like a coach i was going to live in one of the apartments rent out the other one so i had this whole plan going and this guy that i was buying the building off of um was work uh he was running wiley and he was going to rent a space to Warren, um, just two blocks down. And he was like, hey, there's this guy, Warren. Uh, he's gonna open up a jujitsu gym. You're doing an MMA gym. Maybe you guys wanna work together. Would you be interested in like, and, and we both were like, like he said the same thing to Warren. We were both like, nah, like, no, nah, no thanks, right? And I'm like, dang. And like, I wasn't necessarily trying to do this gym for like a gym business. Like it was just mainly a spot for us, but I'm like, thinking like dang i got competition already two blocks down two blocks i'm on the 5400 block he's on the 5200 block he was 5204 i'm like two blocks down so i'm at home i'm googling who is this dude right because he's not from here he's not from pittsburgh you know so i'm googling him and i'm reading about he ain't him. a yinzer nah he ain't no yinzer Damn. Nah. uh so i'm googling him i'm reading about him I'm like dang two-time state runner up uh, Division one wrestler at Lehigh NCAA qualifier. Uh, he's currently a brown belt at this point in time. Uh, Pan Am purple belt medalist. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, this dude's like a lot like more credentialed than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, great. So not, only is, not only is he opening it up, but he's like definitely like on paper better than me. And I'm like, oh, great. And while I have him Googled, I get a phone call. I'm, at my, I'm living at my dad's house. I get a phone call. And it's an unknown number. And like, I wouldn't answer unknown numbers, but something 
came over me to open this phone. So I answer. I'm like, hello? He goes, hey, is this Mike Wilkins? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, this is Warren Stout. Immediately. Close, close, close. I'm like close. looking over my shoulder. I'm like, is someone watching me? You know? And I'm like, hey, what's up? He goes, oh, hey, Joe gave me your number, uh, showed me some of your fights on YouTube. I wanted to, it looks like we're about the same size. I wanted to see if you wanted to train. And I was like, yeah, sure. So we set up a time to train. We trained on like a Tuesday. I went down, I walk in, I see Warren. I'm like, oh, I got this, right? Because <laughs> Warren's un unassuming. So I'm like, all right, I got this. I go in there, we start rolling, you know, typical roll, right? Like we're kind of moving around, starting off slow, picking up the intensity as we go. Roll for probably like, I don't know, like maybe like 40 minutes to an hour. Dude, he dogs me, dogs me back, tapped me out like probably like 16 times in this roll. And I, achieved absolutely no offensive success against him all right so i leave i go home i'm showering and i convince myself it was an accident i'm like oh man no next time i'm gonna do this like that midterm oh yeah no next time i'm gonna do this i'll just do that i just won't let him do this okay and we had scheduled where we were gonna work out again on thursday you know and i was like okay so next time it's gonna be different i go down on thursday nothing different just get beat up this time i can't convince myself it was an accident i'm like all right he's just like a lot better than me you know, um, and then I start like reflecting. I believe at this point in time, I am 22 or 20. Yeah, I'm like 22 years old. So Warren's 29, 30 at the time, you know, and uh, I'm reflecting and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I want to make it in MMA. And I'm like, I could probably like benefit having someone better than me, you know, around. So I call Warren and I'm like, hey, what do you think? Like, you know, maybe I join your gym and you can be my coach or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then, so then like I built up the courage because I'm just a kid and like, you know, I built up the courage to call Joe and be like, hey, I'm not going to buy this building. Hindsight, dumb move. Should have bought it anyhow. Should have bought it anyhow. Especially now. Dude, I was going to get it like, like, dude, I, it, I, I'd had like 800% increase, increase uh, right now. It was like try, crazy. Try to buy a building now in Lawrenceville. If, if one's for sale. Dude, I'm telling you. Like, so whatever. But let's not, let's not make ourselves. Could have been my podcast. Can you believe dude, that? let's not make ourselves sad over it. So then I just started training with Warren uh, there in Lawrenceville. I was part of like the original six. There was like six of us for a long time. It was like only like six of us. And then like a pop happened and we just started growing and stuff, but it, it was a lot of good times. Um, yeah. And that's how I got started with, with, you know, training with Warren. Uh, and then like through the years, you know, the gym grew, he needed some assistant instructors. Um, I was like pretty high up on the seniority list. Um, as far as like, you know, time at the gym and also experience and skill. And I was coaching high school wrestling. So I had some coaching a little bit of coaching skill as well. So I started teaching some classes here and there. And then uh, the gym grew enough where we moved to the strip district. We, in 2013, we moved from Lawrenceville. The Lawrenceville gym was one room. Like for example, if we were wrestling feet to floor, only two groups could go at a time. And it still wasn't, like it was small. small. It was very small. Um, for example, you know how we go live at the end of class? Um, and sometimes if the class is packed, I'll split it up. I'll be like, all right, group A and group B. Yeah. And while that, group A yeah. is going, you stand on the wall. Dude, we, every class we were doing group A, group B, group C, right? Like it was like. So did you have to like cut down on like technique? No, instruction? no. Instruction? No, just like. On the live roll. Just like on the, like. Just you like. Can't, or did you extend the classes? Cause like. Pretty much just extend groups, the classes. Man, like our fundamental class is scheduled to run for 45 to 50 minutes. It was basically. So that way there's some like break and getting them off in the, in the next class on, 
you know? So we basically just like lost that break um, in there to like, like very easily like filter through. Uh, so we moved to the strip district. We were above Peace Love and Little Donuts 2013 to 2015. And that's where I started working full time uh, at the gym. Warren was at a point where he was ready to hire a full-time uh, employee. Um, and I was like, oh, that's me for sure. It's going to be me. Because like at this point in time, 2013, I'm like Warren's ace, you know. I'm his right-hand man. Like I was like his like best student, like, like all factors considering. Uh, and I was the one who was most committed to the life of, of like being in on this. I didn't have like I was an electrician, but like my goal wasn't to remain an electrician. My goal was to stop being an electrician and fight professionally. So I'm like, oh, Warren, you're hiring somebody? You should hire me. That way I could just be at the gym all day, da, 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 this and that. But he was looking to hire somebody for the administrative end. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll answer emails, answer phone calls, do the desk. I'll do that. Yeah. Like whatever gets me out like of working. Like that way I can work at the gym, be at the gym. And he was like, nah. He's like, that's not you. And I was like, what? What do you mean that's not me? I was like, I need to be in the gym all day or whatever. And he goes, just hold on. Something for you will come up. And he ended up hiring Andy. You know, I don't know. Do you know Andy Anderson? Andy, yeah. Yeah, so he ended up hiring Andy. Ah, cramping. Oh, ah, geez, Louise. Getting all fired up. He does, Andy. Have, he does have a weakness. Dude, getting all, remembering how mad I was. Andy got hired over me. <laughs> got me all pissed off. I can't wait to Andy, video gonna, this release. Andy, you're gonna pay for that. Uh, okay, so he hires Andy, and you know I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and then comes around April of 24, no, April 2013 comes around, and he's like, all right, I need a head kids instructor, full time job. And I'm like, oh, nice. I'm like, yeah, that's me. And dude, ended up being so much better than like being in the admin portion of the the company right like my job is i only teach classes and train so like my workload is like almost nothing right like i was already teaching it's all you do you know you, yeah you're, you're, you're you do that for a living so it's like right yeah coaching you show up i was already teaching and stuff so it wasn't it's was just like you know upped my, my my class load right and i had like now i was like in charge of a program so i was the head kids instructor and i still taught adult jujitsu at this time and i was teaching an mma class um, so I was doing that April 1st, 2013 is when I started. It was full time at the gym, but I held my electrical job at the same time uh, because we were on a 122 unit apartment complex in Delmont and I was the foreman of that job and I wasn't going to step off that job on my dad. So I told my dad, I said, hey, I'm a fin it was called Valley Stream. I was like, hey, I'm going to finish Valley Stream. When Valley Stream's done, I'm done. He was like, all right, cool. So it took me till September 27th. 2013 so you did both of those I did both. it was tough and in that time I, I only fought once in that time I fought a pro fight too in that time so I was working two jobs and training the fight and I fought professionally during that during that time um but then September 27 2013 rolled around put a bow on that on that uh apartment complex walked off that was it life changed forever. that was it I was full full time at the gym and then it just kind of like grew since then. I grew with the gym. We opened up our Cranberry location and then that moved to Zeely. We opened up Monroeville. Then we opened up Bridgeville, brought a bunch of people on like incrementally, which is something that I'm really proud of. 
that we're able to do is that we're able to have full-time staff you know what i mean and like warren has done such an incredible job of that and that's something that like i don't believe would have happened you know without him i think that's very unique to him the fact that i get to provide for my family doing this right most people who do this have another job right and it's not just me there's a long list of us who like this is all we do me logan warren Brittany, will vince Rocky, Jonas, Zach, and Sage, like, you know, like, and like, I know I'm like airball you ever, on some people. You ever sit back and like, just think to yourself, like, wow. Oh, yeah. Like how, like, where yeah. you started, not even just you, but the gym, like, Little Lawrenceville room to, this is one of, what, four or five locations? Four, yeah, we one have of four. four locations. Mm -hmm. and, and none of the locations are like half-assed no uh-uh they're like all they're, they're all very strong very strong locations very strong you ever sit back and go like like, like i don't know over beers or something just be like yeah like look look what's been built here i do i i reflect on that quite often um by myself you know i reflect on that and even like your situation like you wanted that full-time position so bad yeah you're able to do that for people now like yeah. Britt was talking about you know quitting her state job yeah and and heading into this full time like dude that's so surreal yeah uh, that 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 was uh one that I'm my hire that that I'm most happy with like you know cuz um she her and now her Christian and Lucas are pretty much my hires like I like kind of was like all right these are mine like let's hire them um wow, and, and, and all I'm missing is Christian on the podcast yeah there I you got go. them all there you go done and they all had unique, unique um, positions to come into um, while they were being hired. But uh, Brittany, she was in a time crunch window. And we had to, the thing with Brittany, though, is we had to contend with a real career, right? So we had to, you know, make sure that this was the right move for her long term when she had something, you know, s stable going on. Whereas Christian, he got hired. He, you know how he got hired? school ended he graduated high school all right dude you're on like you know what i mean lucas like lucas is like a little me right like his goal like is to fight for a living right and like there was like he wasn't looking to have like a different job right just graduated college he's like yeah i'm gonna just fight for a living it's like oh what other job are you gonna do i mean whatever gets me by until i'm making enough money fighting i'm not looking for a career job like this is it right so like they're easy hires those ones are easy hires it's like what else are you gonna do right like christian what are you gonna do you're gonna go, like work at john eagle or something like you know what i mean like i can't even you just graduated high school you yeah. know i'm like you can work jujitsu full time you know uh so like they were easy hires but britney was a difficult hire and the other thing about britney's hire is that it came with like a time crunch window right so there was a position that had opened up and we needed to fill that position and we were like all right you basically have two weeks and me and will will work overtime and cover those two weeks and then after that we're going to assign these classes to multiple different people or you can have them all you know and then work here full time so that's how that's how we got her in what advice do you have for people who want who who you know maybe have heard this or they come to your classes and they're like i want to be like mike obviously be like Man. yourself but like yeah what advice do you have for people trying to 
I want to be I want to be jujitsu competitor full time, or I want to be a fighter full time. Like, what advice would you give them? Because Brick kind of shared some things you you and her spoke about that kind of gave gave her the the yeah. This is this is what I need to be doing. Yeah, I mean, we had some hard talks about it. Um, some I said some things that I believe I just I just was as honest as I could be, and they were things that would hurt your feelings, you know, but this was a pivotal, it was a pivotal moment and I needed to say what I believed, you know? Um, so what I, I, I would tell you, if you wanted to come in and you wanted to fight for a living or you want to compete in jujitsu for a living, you got to know that the road is long. The road is very long and you can't rush it. You know, we get, um, guys, who, guys and girls who come in and they're like, Oh, can I join the fight team? And I'm like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that, right? And it, I would say on average, if you come in and you're looking to fight, you can't even practice with the fight team for probably a year to 18 months, right? Like, and that sometimes is too long for people. They want it. They want that instant gratification. They want to be on They think they're ready for it instantly. And I'm like, imagine that. Imagine you come in with no, and that th there's, there's outliers, right? Like, oh, hey, I wrestled division one. You good to go, brother. Yeah, Let's do it. Yeah. We'll teach <laughs> you, know you some striking. You know I mean? Okay. Um, I'm 22 and four open class boxer. Okay. All right. We're going to get you on this fight team. So, like we just, because we, you, you already are so far along uh, as opposed to like, you know, someone coming in fresh. You come in fresh, you got to be ready to put the work in. You got to be ready to put the time in because you can't learn it that fast, right? And what's the value in it if you could? If you could step off the street, jump in on my fight team, hang with my fighters in fight practice and pick up on the technique that I'm teaching, pick up on it, understand it and implement it immediately off the street, then I have nothing of value. I have nothing of value, right? There's levels to this stuff, right? You got to learn how to add and subtract, multiply and divide before you can do algebra. You know what I mean? So why would you think you could come in and do the most advanced class we have to offer um, for MMA if you're wanting to be an MMA fighter? That's MMA fight team. You think you can jump into that? No, man. There's some requirements. You need a foundation. You know what I mean? If I'm teaching you this formula over there, but you can't add and subtract yet because you should be in fundamentals, learn how to add and subtract. How are you going to do that formula? You're not. You're not ready for it. We got to build your foundation up so that way you're prepared for what I'm teaching over there. So that way you're skilled and, and equipped to handle with the type of training that we're going to do over there, you know, and that can't be rushed. You can't learn all of your foundation in a month, two months. You know what I mean? It takes time and it needs to take time because it needs to not only, not only do you need to prove that you know what you should do, you need to prove that you're fairly capable of doing it and you need to prove that you're fairly capable of doing it consistently, you know? So it's not just like, oh, like people will be like, hey, what's it take to get my third stripe, you know? And it's like, all right, well, it's an instructor's opinion, but some things I'm looking for is I'm looking to see that you can do the correct moves successfully against a resisting opponent, right? It's like, okay, first, can you be a good drill partner and can you learn the techniques, right? All right. That's like stripe one to me, okay? Now, what if you can do that your first day? Do you deserve a stripe on your first day? No, because there's an element of, I need to see that happen consistently. Maybe you could do it in this position, but you can't do it in that position, right? Maybe you can do it because you focus this way, this day, but you're not gonna focus every day. I need to see that consistently, right? And then comes down to second stripe. What I generally look for is like, all right, 
are you going to make the right decisions in live training? Are you going to try to attempt the correct techniques in live training? Success doesn't matter, right? Because you're making the right decisions. If you keep making the right decisions, success will come, right? I see you do that, and I see you do that consistently. Now I'm looking at the second stripe. Third stripe is I need to see some success there. I need to see some success, and I need to see it consistently, you know? So it can't be rushed because consistency cannot be rushed. Consistency takes time. You know, you can't be consistent in one day, right? How do I know that? I need to see your consistency over months because I need to see that pattern develop. And then when I believe you're ready, you come in and anybody who takes that path always is happy that they took it. There's not one single person who's like, man, Mike, I wish you would have threw me in before I was ready. You know what I mean? Everybody sees it because if you ever catch somebody in who's not ready, they, number one, are going to struggle in practice. And number two, they're also stealing someone's practice. Oh, I was just, I, I was thinking about that the whole time. The, my last drill, nothing against my partner, he was new. Yeah. And we we're doing, we we're doing uh, ankle locks, straight ankle locks. Not straight ankle, we we're doing ankle locks. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, dude, I don't like, I don't get to do this a lot. I'm so excited, right? Like I just watched Christian at 247 i'm yeah. like i'm trying i'm trying to fuck with legs dude yeah so i'm excited i get partnered um and the guy looks at me he's like I, I i don't know i don't know how to get into this i'm like okay um like i'm i'm, I'm not a coach so right I'm like, right right trying to coach him through yeah. getting into the, the position i'm like okay like we're gonna yeah. get in here and he's struggling to get into the starting position right yeah and people are like five six seven, seven reps in. in i'm like all right man like and, yeah. I, and I was like, all right, well, this is going to be. Um, yeah, that's the day. Yeah, that was you day. paying it forward. Yeah, that was I'm, your pay it forward yeah, day. Yeah, so you I'm know? like helping him get to it, helping him get to it. And like, yeah. I didn't get to rep it as much, but um, I, I kind of lost out that day. Yeah. I yeah. also think I gained, you know, because I. Right, kinda, you definitely did gain and you, you paid it forward. So one of the things is like the environment that we hope that is created down here is that pay it forward environment because every day is someone's first day, right? You know what I mean? So when it was your first day, I hope that your partner, if they had more experience, was a gracious partner and they were willing to help, right? And why were they willing to help? Well, because maybe someone did that for them, right? So they weren't blowing you off and mad that like their practice was not as ideal as it could have been that day, you know? And so you just did that for, for this person and hopefully he sticks with it, gains skill, and then gets partnered up with someone new someday and is like, man, you know, this practice didn't turn out the way that I want it to be. But you know when that's not okay? On the fight team, dog. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is okay in the at the fundamentals levels, right? That's what the fundamentals levels are there for. That is not okay in the, the in the advanced class. Now that does not mean that you can't struggle with the technique. Everybody's gonna struggle with the technique. But it does but like you have to have the requirements to get through to, it. To get through it, right? You can struggle it with it, right? But like if you didn't have the elements, it takes to put together to build that technique, then then it was there's no it's not about struggling through. So now what you're making me do is you're making me take a step back and teach you A and then B and then C, which I just taught in fundamentals class the hour before. But now hoping that you retain that to learn how to put them all together into this formula, which is just like irrational and not realistic. It's that instant gratification. And it's like everyone wants like I'll, I'll attribute it to the gym, right? Strength. Everyone wants strength, right? I want to be big and strong. Yeah. They don't want to go two hours a day, five days a week, 
lifting heavy shit to the brink of puke, throw yeah. up. Like people look at me and they're like, "Oh, dude, how, how do I get like that?" And I, I'll, I'll tell them, like, I'll, I'll give you the plan. I'm like, it's no fucking secret, man. Like, it sucks. I'm gonna tell you, it sucks. My eating sucks. The, the hours I put into the gym sucks. I wake up at 4 a.m. I'm there for two hours. Like, the process sucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. It's no secret. Right. Yeah. And then I see him a couple months later. I'm like, oh, how's that going? And they're like, oh, I just I couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't. I'm like, yeah. You didn't want to get big then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's all there is to it. You want to be big. You didn't want to get big. Yeah. Like, yeah. You had a choice to do it or not to do it. And you decided yeah. that it wasn't worth what it took. Yeah. And it's the same with like being a fighter. You, everyone wants to fight. Like it, it's, it, it's an, it's a, I, I, I personally love violence. It's a beautiful sport yeah. where two people can go in and flick damage, shake hands, and then go have a beer because they didn't have one during their camp and now they're chilling with their family. Like, bro, you just tried to destroy a man in a cage or a, yeah. a female in a cage and now you're just like, no. I love that. Like, that, that appeals to me. Everyone wants to be a fighter. Yeah. But they don't want to come and do grappling class and then come and do striking class and then come. They just want to be on the fight team or they just want to be, put yeah. me in a cage. It's like my first time in a cage coming from the street. I was like, why did I, why did I do this to myself? I, 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 I fucking destroyed. I got destroyed, yeah. like brutally. And I'm like, there's no. I, I fight every. I fought every day growing up. Yeah. I can't fight this dude. But it's a whole different element. It's a discipline. Yeah. It's. I mean, Lucas were talking, but there's a psychology behind like fighting, but it requires hard work. Everyone wants like patience. Yeah. How do you get patience? You deal with things that test your patience all the time. Yep. You build your patience. How do you get strong? You deal with resistance all the time. Then you get strength. Like that like all the best things that come require work. Like mm -hmm. you're never going to be handed something like like I get I hear this a lot man. How, how do you get your blue belt? Dude, I don't even know how to get my blue belt. <laughs> I got my blue belt just by fucking showing up. Getting my ass beat. That's how you get and it. Like, that's like, it. The only way you're going like, to get it. Well, how do I get it? How do I get it? And I tell them, I'm like, how about you stop focusing on getting the blue Why belt? Why do you want it? Yeah. Like, Why do you want your blue belt? I guess belt? that's the like, that's the best question. What, what what does it mean to you? Yeah. Do you think like 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 this, when I wrap this this blue colored cloth around your waist that you're better at jujitsu than you were the day before? Right? Like, yeah. is it that? <laughs> is it that? Like, because it's not. Like, there's not, like, it's not like, oh, hey. Ish, now that you're a blue belt, let me show you the secret move that I wouldn't show to white belts. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He, goes, he goes, yeah, we let you struggle that whole time just for fun. You know what but I tell people? Thing. I wouldn't rush to get their blue belt because once you get your blue belt, it's a fucking green light. Dude, it is. Like. It is. You're, yeah. It's a green light. Like you, people are going to look at you and be like, he should be able to deal with it. Yeah. So you want to know how you get your blue belt? Be able to deal with it. You're able to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like if we put a blue belt on you, that means I feel like I can get after you. Right, so you better be able. <laughs> That's bad <laughs> for me to get after you. You know, and I, yeah. yeah. And I tell him, I'm like, dude, like, just show, like, you haven't even been to class last week, and you talking about getting your blue belt. Yeah. Go to class. What? Ask me. What do you got to do to get the class? Show up on time. There it is. The blue belt will come. Yeah. And I was talking to Lou. It was like episode six or something like that. And he said something that I was like, it put it put in perspective, like. A lot of people become um, result oriented. Yeah, instead of being process instead oriented. Instead of process oriented. And yeah. it's like, dude, that is everything we do in life. How did you get your black belt? Did you ask for it? No. 
Or did you fucking just kept doing come it. tomorrow? Yeah. Did reps. Then the next day. Then the next day. Or, or maybe you missed tomorrow. Like people miss a day and they're like, oh fuck, I missed a day. So what? Come yeah. tomorrow. Yep. It's the same with the gym. I, I can't make it five days a week, so I just stopped going. Yeah. Can you make it three days a week? Because that's all you need, dude. Yeah. Like <laughs> if you can make it three days a week, come three days a week. Yeah. You can't make it three. Can you come two days a week? The yeah. Adopt a Cop program. One day a week. You can't make it one hour a week to train. Like, yeah. I, 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 I'm a realtor. I'm a cop. I'm a father. Like, I have the podcast. I do all kinds of things. And you're telling me you can't make it one day a week? Dude, what life are you living? I, yeah, I don't want to be that busy. Yeah. I, I yeah, can't be that kidding. busy. I go to the gym two hours a day, five days a week. Like, I can't believe you're that busy. You can't make it one hour yeah. a week. That's crazy. That's wild. Like, like jujitsu is just, you're too much for jujitsu. Yeah. And I mean, like, and then you're just putting other things over top of it, right? You're like, oh, I can't do it because I got to do A, B, or C, right? It's like, all right, well, which one of those is not as important as jujitsu and swap it out? You know what I mean? Priorities. And if you think, yeah, it's just prioritizing. And if you think that all those are more important than jujitsu, then you really don't have the time then. Don't then, do jujitsu. Then don't do it. That's fine. You know, like if you have these things that are actually more important and you see more value in, then that's just how it is, you know? That's with everything in life. Like, you want to be a partner in your law firm? Are you the first one in the office? Are you the last one out of the office? Are you shutting the fucking lights down that day? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or are you out at lunchtime? Are you fucking around in the office? Are you not taking on extra duties? Like, what is your priorities? Like, would you rather go home and have beers with your boys? That's your priority? cool like, yeah live a social life there's nothing wrong with that right like there's people like if you're having beers with your boys you're a fucking it's like all right dude like cool whatever i i'm, I'm multifaceted. i like it all but i have priorities like would you rather excel in your career or excel in your social life some people can do both you can't obviously so which one would you rather do prioritize that yeah well, i want to do i want to be a career then do fuck it. are you drinking every day for with your boys out in, out in Southside for then? Yeah. You're telling me that, no, this is your priority. Change your priority. And yeah. you tell people that and they're like, they get offended. Yeah. Well, you ask me. Right, yeah. <laughs> You ask me, I'm telling you. But uh, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts for the viewers and the listeners. Because everybody wanted Mike Wilkins and we got- I certainly appreciate that. A dose that. of Mike Wilkins. I certainly appreciate that. I could talk to you that. all fucking day. Dude, I, I feel I the know, same. I don't know if my camera storages and yeah, stuff can handle it though. Batteries are yeah. gonna bust out <laughs> on us. Yeah. You know, um, final thoughts. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Just like figure out what you want, you know, be consistent. You know what I mean? And then and then you're gonna you're gonna work towards towards your goals. You know what I mean? And your goals might change, that goalpost might change, and it might, you know, more so match what you actually really needed. But like, don't look for the shortcut, you know? Um, like, don't look for like the way that's not gonna get you the value for, for, for what you're looking for. You know, take the right route and it's gonna pay off in the end. Iron City Mike Speaks. All right. Well, I appreciate you for coming appreciate on. Appreciate you having me on. General. All right, brother. I'm sure I'll be seeing you again oh, on this yeah, podcast. For sure. All right, brother. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. You've been listening to The Relentless Project. 
Ish Lopez grew up in the heart of the inner city, but he managed to build multiple income streams, join the ranks of law enforcement, and dive into countless ventures, all thanks to the incredible relationships he forged along the way. And now his passion is to share those stories with you. Make sure to connect with us on social media. Find Ish on Twitter and Instagram at the Ish Lopez and the show at Relentless PRJCT. We're on all the major streaming platforms, from Spotify to Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, and wherever you like to catch your favorite shows. See you next time on The Relentless Project. Project.